Welcome to 721 Live. I'm Sam Hunter. I'm glad that you're with us today. Thank you for joining us. It's Friday and it's holiday season. It's Thanksgiving and Christmas and it's just a wonderful time. So lots going on. Let's try to still our hearts and our minds to listen to what our Heavenly Father will say to us today. And, and let me just ask you, do you find yourself criticizing and complaining from time to time? Perhaps more often than not, for some I know, criticizing and complaining is more of a default mode. Well, when we do this, is a sure sign that we have lost our focus on just how blessed we are. Really, how blessed we are no matter what's going on in our life. So today's show is going to be a lesson, an exercise in remembering, remembering all the things that the Lord has done for us, from which he saved us, and all those unanswered prayers that we begged him to answer, and he would not in the way that we asked. But we will get to that in just a moment. Let me first remind you that 721 Live is the radio arm of 721 Ministries. If you check out our website, 721ministries.org, 721ministries.org. We've got a lot of things on there, past radio shows. We're in a long prayer series. You should go back and check those out. We've got Vimeo video channel on that. We've got lots of uh, charts and exercises you can download. And we've got a link to our other website, which you can go to directly, puttinggreenblog.com, puttinggreenblog.com, where we have our books, and you can sign up for our weekly Putting Green blog devotionals, uh, free of charge, of course. So check those out, 721ministries.org, puttinggreenblog.com. Okay, in this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas approaching, in the 721 men's groups around the state, we did an exercise. It was something that I do, actually, on and off, you know, probably maybe every day. Maybe more than once a day, maybe just two or three or four times a week, um, if not throughout the month, throughout the year. And it's an exercise in remembering how blessed I am. And I like to use the word lucky, and I know I get, I know I get hammered from my well-meaning Christian friends that it's not luck, and I agree, it's not luck. I just feel lucky because I'm so blessed and I deserve none of this. As a matter of fact, uh, each morning, what I call the first 60 seconds before I even open my eyes, I try to run through the things that I want to thank the Lord for. And sometimes it's just, I start as simply as this is a really comfortable bed I'm sleeping in. Or I really, I really appreciate this master bedroom and master bath that we renovated to the house and added to the house. And I, and I thank you that I have a two-car garage because I grew up in older homes and never had a garage. And it's just if you never have never had a garage and it's raining outside or you have oak trees that are dropping sap all over your car, it's a wonderful thing. So each morning, I just spend 60 seconds, two minutes. Sometimes I get on a roll and I, it's hard to stop thanking him for all the blessings in my life. So when we're talking about prayer and we're talking about Thanksgiving, we, we remember that there are several prayer passages in Scripture that talk about Thanksgiving along with prayer. Of course, Jesus, before he fed the 5,000, he looked up and thanked the Lord. Before he raised Lazarus, he looked up and thanked the Lord. One of those passages that just jumps out at me is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'm going to come back to that passage, but just 
Just think about that. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't think you can be joyful always if you're not praying continually. I don't think you can give thanks and be joyful always if you're not praying continually. I don't think you can pray continually if you're not full of thankfulness and joy. So that's a wonderful passage that just goes, pulls everything together. Here's another one which we'll revisit in a little while. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Philippians 4, 6. Why is this? Why is thanksgiving and giving thanks tied into prayer so often? And I believe it's, and I believe it because primarily I've lived it, that the attitude of gratitude is a miracle drug. The attitude of gratitude, having a grateful heart, remembering all the things the Lord has done for me and all the things from which he saved me is a miracle drug. It, it has the power to change my perspective, to change your perspective. Now, you just think about that for a moment. When you find yourself criticizing and complaining, you've lost your focus on how blessed you are and if we kept that focus we would have to say why would I criticize and complain which I do myself but I try to catch myself and say no stop that because this heart full of gratitude of thanksgiving changes my entire perspective about everything and don't miss this everyone so the more I remember the wonderful gifts my heavenly father has already given me the more I view things and a light most favorable, not just that the glass is half full, but the glass is overflowing with thankfulness. I view people in a lot, I tend to view people in a light more, more favorable and more generous in my heart because my heart is overflowing with thankfulness. So when we lose our, our gratitude focus, we criticize and we complain. Next time you're doing that, next time I'm doing it, check yourself because you've lost your focus. So we did this exercise, and I'm going to set it up, and we'll come back and dive into it a little bit more. But we made a list under each category. I am thankful for what is, what could be, unanswered prayers, and that I didn't get what I deserve. What is? I'm thankful for what is. The multitude of blessings that are already in my life. What could be? The many, many, many things Ways that my life, your life, could be so much worse. Could be so much worse. I'm thankful for unanswered prayers. I, I would have to guess it in the past, whether you were a praying person at the time or not, something, several things happened in your life that you maybe even went to, the, to God or to the Lord in prayer, begging him desperately to answer it the way you were asking it, and he refused to do it lovingly refused to do it the way you were asking and now looking back all you can say is oh my gosh thank you so much for not answering that the way I asked it that would have been a mess that might have even been a disaster and then I'm thankful for not getting what I deserve because number one I and you deserve nothing from our Heavenly Father we deserve nothing actually we deserve a whole lot worse than just nothing. I mean, when he saved me from hell, which he did, I was on a fast track to hell. I didn't know it. I didn't care. But he stepped in and saved me from hell. But he also saved me from myself, which was running the show and running it into the ground 
He then saved my daughter from the man that I was would have modeled for her, and I, I loved her, and I was a good I was a good father, but I had all the wrong priorities in life, and I would have modeled that for her. And then he saved my sisters, my parents, my my now my wife, now Dina and her children. He saved all these people from the old Sam. And I never deserved any of that. So I'm so grateful. And I find myself just saying, thank you for all this. Thank you for all this. And the more I do it, the more my heart is filled. So if you'll invest in this exercise, you'll see that you are the most blessed person on the planet. And so then why would you ever criticize and complain? Unless, unless you are an ingrate, a complete narcissist, and a spoiled, rotten crybaby. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. (laughs) So, so today's exercise is really all about remembering. It's all about remembering. And you remember the book of Deuteronomy, the last book in the first five books, is all about the second telling. Deuto, Deuto, Deuteronomy is all about the second telling. Moses is going over everything that's happened and why. Because we forget. We forget all the Lord has done for us. And Moses is going to remind them, and when you read Deuteronomy, you see several times, well, many times, remember, remember, remember. So Deuteronomy 6, 20 through 23. In the future, God says, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? I mean, imagine your child, your children, your grandchildren. What is all this stuff in the Bible? What is all this? Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. But the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. Remember, tell your children, don't you forget. Don't let them forget. Over and over throughout the Old Testament, you see God reminding the Israelites, I brought you out of slavery. I brought you out of Egypt. I did it because I love you. I brought you out of slavery, out of Egypt, into the promised land. And that's what he did for you if you're born again. He brought you out of slavery, the slavery itself. He brought you out of your Egypt, and he's bringing us all into the promised land, living more and more in the kingdom of God. That's, that's what remembering is all about so we don't forget what he's done for us. Let's go back to First Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 16, be joyful always, pray continually. And as Dallas Willard says, that looks like a conversational walk through life, talking with God about what we're doing together. Praying continually doesn't mean you're in a closet all day long or you're on your knees all day long. It's a conversational walk through life, talking with God, talking with Jesus about what we're doing together. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Let's, Let's pause. This is God's will for you. If someone approaches you and says, how do I know what God's will for me? You you just take them to 1 Thessalonians. You can start at 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, where the Holy Spirit prompts Paul to write, it is God's will that you be sanctified. It is God's will that you be sanctified. That's God's will for you, that you be set apart because you're growing more and more into the likeness of his son, Jesus. You're different from everyone else. You're being set apart. You're being made holy. That's God's will for you that we see in 1 Thessalonians 4.3. And then as if God says, you know what, I need to make that a little more clear. How do you 
go about being sanctified, well, you be joyful always. You pray continually and you give thanks in all circumstances. There are a couple of stories in Scripture that fascinate me, the way they, they, way they go together, the way they just fit hand in glove. It's Joseph and Potiphar's wife. That's the first story. The second story is David and Bathsheba. And the reason these two, I'm bringing them into this conversation is because Joseph had a thankful heart. He had a grateful heart. He was full of gratitude, full of thankfulness. He remembered everything the Lord had done for him. And because of that, he was able to avoid the temptation and the absolute disaster that would have occurred had he succumbed to Potiphar's wife's advances. He was able to stop it before it happened. David, on the other hand, had lost his focus. And when presented with that temptation with Bathsheba, he fell, and he fell mightily, and he ruined his kingdom. He ruined his legacy. He destroyed his family, killed a man. The baby died. It was a disaster. Had he remembered all the blessings, perhaps he could have, like Joseph, said no. Well, let's just read these together. I'm going to read first Joseph's response to Potiphar's wife. This is Genesis 39, verses 8 through 9. But he refused. Joseph refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. So he's listing all the things that Potiphar has done for him. Well, let's see how he actually filters that. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against, not Potiphar, God? You see, his perspective is God has blessed him through Potiphar. So when, when Potiphar's wife approaches him, he's able to say, look at all the God has done for me. Look at how blessed I am. Look at how he has blessed me because of my grateful heart. How could I do that? Now, David, on the other hand, he's lost his focus. He's walking on the roof of his palace when he should be out with his men, going to war, leading them in battle. And so he commits this terrible sin. And afterward, God sends Nathan the prophet to him. And Nathan pretty much lists the same thing that Joseph listed. He goes through all the things that God has done for him. But the problem is he's having to remind David after the fact. Joseph had it before the fact. He walked around with a heart of gratitude. David lost his focus and messed his life and everybody else's life around him up, destroyed it, and now he's having to be reminded. So here's what Nathan says to David. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And this is... The next statement just pierces my heart. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. I think sometimes the Lord says that to Sam and perhaps to your heart. Sam, look at all I've done for you. And if that wasn't enough, I'd have done more. Why would you do this? Why, David, would you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? Joseph remembered and listed all the things the Lord had done for him. David forgot and had to be reminded after the fact. So why do we thank? Why do we 
stay and try to live in this idea of thankfulness because when we don't, we lose our focus and we start criticizing, complaining, and we make mistakes. Satan loves this. He loves to see us criticizing and complaining. Remember his three Ds, destroy, distract, discourage. Destroy, distract, discourage. If he can destroy, keep you out of relationship with Jesus, he's destroyed your soul. That's his main goal. If he misses that, then he'll spend the rest of your life trying to distract you and discourage you. And what is, what is criticizing and complaining other than being distracted and discouraged from what's all the many, many, many blessings in your life? I do it. I did it recently. I failed miserably in a situation that didn't suit me, and I forgot completely about my own teachings. And I started criticizing and complaining, mostly to myself. And I just know the Lord's going to say, if all this I've given you hadn't been enough, I'd have given you more. Why are you doing this? Let's keep going. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. This is the quintessential passage in Scripture on prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, which means, petition means petitioning the Lord for the things that are on your heart. So you're given full permission to go to him with everything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, with thanksgiving could have been left out of that passage, and it would have read just fine. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. That would have worked. Why does the Holy Spirit slip in with thanksgiving? Because it's the key. It's the key. When you go to God, your Heavenly Father, Jesus, your Lord and Savior, your best friend, I hope, when you go to them in prayer, if you go with a heart of thanksgiving, just watch what it does to your prayers. So let's take a few minutes and just talk about this exercise we did. You know, This is not go around the table and everybody state one thing they're thankful for. This is really an exercise daily you could do in your own heart. You could certainly do it with your family at any point. Well, whenever you're slumping, whenever you're starting to lose your focus, this will shift your heart. It'll shift your perspective. So the first thing we're thankful for is what is already in our lives. What is already in our lives? So we made a list with the men on the whiteboard, and we came up with these. Well, first, salvation. Eternal life with God. That would have been enough, wouldn't it? You don't need to do anything else for us after that. That would have been enough. But how about your health. Now, some of you, maybe you listening, you're, you're not experiencing good health right now. It could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. Your family, your wife, your husband, your children. I look around and I see what's, what other people are having to deal with, and no matter what I'm dealing with, which right now is, is nothing, I think, my gosh, look how hard, look how hard it is for them, how, how much worse it could be. Your children, your job, your career, money, your financial situation. No matter, I, I would have to, I would have to say that if you're listening today, you are richer than most of the people in the world. You're better off than most people that that if you just looked around you, you're you're probably looking at your own socioeconomic group. But if you looked around, you you are so much better off. And then. Another thing that I put in this list for Sam personally is living with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful that I have learned to live and lean into and lean onto the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So that's a list that you could make. One of the men pointed out, you could take any one of these, your salvation, that means eternal life with God, your health, your family, wife and husband and or children, your career, your, your money situation, your parents, Holy Spirit living within you. You could take any one of those and just thank him for the next week on just one and go for several weeks just thanking him and just on that. Then you take the next category, what could be? What could be going on in your life? Just look around you. I have a friend who has a bunch of children, and when he starts complaining, of course, I listen with sympathy and empathy, but when he starts complaining, eventually I'll say, which one of those children would you, and they're all healthy, and they're all well-adjusted, and I'll say, which one of those children would you go ahead and, and let be sick or have some problems so that you don't have the things in your life that you're complaining about? Just look at what could be. You know, your, your child could be calling you right now with their life completely turned upside down. So if it's not, look what could be going on. Your, your health could be turned upside down. Your husband, your wife, your children, your, your job could be turned upside down. And, and for some of you, it is. So if it is, then look around and see how worse, how much worse it could be. And then I think about these unanswered prayers. Uh, one of the men in the Charleston group fell off a ladder, broke his hip. And he was telling us that he got a text shortly after that while he was still in the hospital from one of his friends and said, you know, your perspective on this will change when you realize how lucky you are. And he said, that, that started a process in my mind that I could have I easily cracked my head. He said, as a matter of fact, the reason I broke my hip was I fell in such a way that my hip hit first and cushioned my head from hitting hard on the concrete. He said, I could be dead right now. I could be brain damaged. There are any number of things. And his whole perspective on life has changed. Wife and husband, we did this with the men. Surely, for some of you, maybe you listening today, there, were, there was a man or a woman that you just knew you had to marry, that you knew was the one, and it didn't work out, and it crushed you, and now you look back and go, thank you, thank you, thank you, that that didn't work out. There have to be examples in that. We had so many men step up and say, you know, my career was going in one direction and it faltered or the company went out of business or I got fired or they downsized or they did away with my position and it, I thought it was the end of the world and now look what, where I am. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you didn't answer my prayers the way I asked them. I can look back over my own career and see a couple of different points where I really was begging him for a project to be go through or, or a career change, and it didn't happen, and I thought it was the end of the world. And instead, it turned out to be the best thing that could ever happen to me. So all of this I summarized with dayenu. Remember that Hebrew word dayenu? The, 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 the Israelites have this song slash poem that, that they call dayenu because in the Hebrew, dayenu means it's enough. It would have been enough. And they go through this litany of things that the Lord has done for them when he brought them out of Egypt. And it starts like this, just to give you a couple of lines. If he had brought us out from Egypt and had not carried our ju out judgments against them, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had carried our, out judgments against them and not against their idols, 
Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had destroyed their idols and had not smitten their firstborn, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had smitten their firstborn and had not given us their wealth, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had given us their wealth and had not split the sea for us, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had split the sea for us and had not taken us through it on dry land, Dayenu, it would have been enough. And they go on and on. Dayenu, if you want to look this up, is D-A-Y-E-N-U. D-A-Y-E-N-U. Dayenu. Look it up. It's enough. And when I look over my life and you look over your life, look at any one of these categories. Just start with salvation. Perhaps the parents that you were born with, where you grew up, the family you had, the health that you have, the mind, the brain that you have, your children, whatever it is. Dayenu. That would have been enough. He didn't, he didn't need to do any other blessings for me. As a matter of fact, at this point in my life, I've said so many times, you don't need to do anything else. Dayenu. I'm the luckiest man on the planet. Or perhaps I could say, I should say, I'm the most blessed man on the planet. I just feel lucky. I know it has nothing to do with luck. I just feel lucky. So I want to conclude this by revisiting 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. And I have a challenge for you. This is a challenging way to conclude this. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you can learn to give thanks in all circumstances, that is a major progression in your walk with the Lord. That in any situation, you can say, you know what, I'm going to give you thanks. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know how it's going to turn out. This is scary. I don't like it. But I'm going to give you thanks in this situation because I've learned over all these years I will eventually be giving you thanks later. So now I want to give it to you in this. What about if I substituted for? Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks for all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For all circumstances, no matter what's happening to you. Now, the tendency in the men's groups and for many of us is to go to the most extreme. Somebody died. You can't expect a parent to give thanks for having a child die. Well, I totally agree with that. But can we back away from the 1% and go with the 99% of your life that is not something that drastic? There's so many, even losing a job, even getting in a car accident, anything, you know, the project doesn't go through. your child doesn't get into school or the college or the job they wanted, whatever it is, can you give thanks for it? Because one thing we didn't list on this to give thanks for is adversity. And adversity is what brings us closer and deeper into the kingdom. So let me summarize this with a statement that I came up with. Thank you now, Lord, before, because look at what you've already done, how bad it could have been, And thank you for the ignorant and short-sighted prayers I begged you to grant. And now looking back, whew, thank you. And thank you that I did not get truly what I deserve, which is nothing but much, much worse to spend eternity in hell. My friend, may you realize what could have happened, all the blessings in your life, and how blessed you are. I'm Sam Hunter. This is 721 Live. So long, guys. Peace to you. I hope to see you next Friday.